Manitoba Major Junior Football League brings to you Major Talk, a new bi-weekly podcast featuring coaches, players, and alumni. Here's your hosts, Mike Still and Dragon Pilgrim. Hello and welcome to episode two of Major Talk, the Manitoba Major Junior Football League podcast. It's your boy Mike still here. Pleased to be joined by two really awesome people. First, I got Dragon Pilgrim, my co-host. He's fresh from uh, the uh, injured reserve here. Uh, Dragon, how you doing? Good. Yourself, sir? I am doing well, man. Can't complain. What have you been up to, man? Uh, what have you been doing to keep busy as of late? Oh, God. Isolating has not been fun, that's for sure. Understandable. Bored, yeah. reading, working out whenever I can. What uh, day are you on of quarantine? <laughs> I'm actually off. I was first day back at work today, so. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. And full bell of health, nothing, no issues. No, or anything nothing else? right now, so. Sweet. That's that's great, man. Happy to hear. Uh, before we get going with Chris, Dragon, this is your first uh, time on the pod, so maybe just kind of give the listeners a little bit of your background first before we kind of start things off here with Chris. Uh, I've been playing, well, I play football most of my life now. Uh, I coach, just finished coaching with Maples, Coach with Nomads, I've coached with the Wolfpack. Just enjoy football wherever I can. That makes three of us. <laughs> uh, we'll hear from you a little bit later on with some rapid fire questions and kind of put uh, put Chris to the test here with some stuff towards the end. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, we got Chris Brown, Philly on. Really, really excited to have uh, Chris on the pod. A Save the Tell Mustangs alum, a Team Canada alum, uh, played for Steinbeck, played for the Rifles, been all over the place. Chris, thanks so very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is an interesting time uh, to be a fan of tackle football in general. Uh, you know, we're going on possibly two years without the sport, hopefully not. So now more than ever, it's important to share positivity and stories from the past. And Chris, you have a, a, you left a large mark in the MMJFL, but you left a large mark in the football community as a whole. Uh, so maybe just start us off with uh, your background in the sport and maybe when you first started playing. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh when I first started playing, it was uh, kind of just out of the blue, actually. My mom saw this post in the newspaper or something that they're looking for, you know, young kids to play football. And my mom was like, hey, you want to go try some football? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm a big kid. Might as well go try it out. And truth be told, I started playing for Greendale Falcons. Um, played there for a few years, actually, right before I moved to Steinbeck. And I actually almost quit in my first year of football. I was not enjoying it. I was not having a good time. Um, you know, I guess as just a kid, just not used to putting in the hard work, you know, that's required to play football and, you know, going into certain positions that you just, you know, don't really understand. Like, why am I playing here? Like, how am I benefiting the team kind of deal? Right. Cause I started off and I was playing off offensive linemen and, you know, my, my coach was just drilling it in my head, drilling it in my head. Like, you know, like you're going to be great. You're going to do great things. Just stick to it. Keep playing your heart out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll find something different for you. And I actually made the transition to defensive line in my first year. And then I absolutely fell in love with the game. What did you love about uh, playing on the defensive line compared to being a hoggy kind of in the trenches there? You know what? I, I think I was just more so the freedom and being able to tackle people. Like I really enjoyed doing that. That was probably one of my favorite things to do was just tackling people instead of you know, just trying to block them and, you know, hold them there for a second, right? It was more so just trying to bring them down to the ground. That was my big thing when I was a kid. I can relate to that for sure. The same, <laughs> same reason I played on D uh, growing up as well there. Um, did you play at Green? I know you weren't at Greendale super long, but did you play with uh, guys like Marshall Naylor, Quinn Baskin, Damien Serpentine, guys like that? Yep. We're all good friends actually still. And uh, 
yeah, those are the those are the people that I played with for my my uh, few years there at, the, at Greendale, and then we all kind of went our separate ways. In high school, came along. So the reason I ask is because I, I played with with all those individuals. I got <laughs> no <part>. <laughs> Uh, when we won the championship in, in 2011 yeah. there. And it was an yeah. interesting situation. Uh, that's why I was kind of curious is I, I thought that they were all at Churchill or Quinn was at Churchill or somebody was at Churchill. Um, all I knew for a fact was that uh, I was going into, I just finished up at Crescentwood. I was going into grade 10 uh, and was excited to start uh, varsity there at Grant Park. And all of a sudden I see like, you know, this tiny dude, Quinn Baskin, like walked in the door. He's like <laughs> the loudest guy I've ever met. Uh, but you know, like first, like first day of spring camp, kind of just like you knew right who he was. And then yeah. obviously Marshall and Damien, you know, really helped form the, become two pillars of, of that team. So, you yeah. know, definitely cool to kind of know that you, uh, were good friends with them. What was your guys' relationship like? Um, I mean, Quinn and I, we, I think we're friends for quite a long time. We're still friends to this day. Actually, he came by um, a few months ago because I had a bunch of clothes I had up for donation and he was looking up, uh, looking to find some people to donate some clothes and he swung by, picked them up and you know, brought them to, uh, to a charity. So I actually got to see him for a few minutes there, but anytime we see each other out in public, obviously not now because you know, everything that's going on, but you know, it'd be like, we never stop talking. You know, we, have our little handshake, give each other a hug. You know, we see each other a few times in the mall when I was working and sit and chat, catch up on life. And, you know, it's, it's the thing with football friendships is that no matter how long apart you guys are, like go without seeing each other. When you, when you guys see each other, it's like, it's like day one again, you guys just, you know, hit it right off the bat. Out of, um, I think that it really depends on the club sometimes, you know, but I, you know, what I've noticed, you know, Various places, same to tell. Obviously, outside Crescentwood, nomads. You know, really strong cultures, really strong bonds with uh, with everybody involved there for sure. Uh, so, talk to me about Steinbach a little bit there. You, you know, you came in and the program was was relatively new, one decade in, starting there in 2010, and uh, you really made a statement. If you look at where Steinbach is at now, and you know, a Power Four team in Division One, uh, but uh, you, you know, you had a big role there, and I, I believe you guys won the uh, was it the Division Two championship when you were a player or what? No, sorry. The Curry division championship, yeah. uh, division three there. Um, so maybe run me through what it was like to kind of be on a team like that with Jamie Peters and, and kind of starting up uh, the foundation of that Sabres program. Yeah. You know, it's actually, it, it's quite a big honor now that, that I look back on it, um, you know, to see how far the program has come and how much it's grown, you know, like the first year I actually didn't get to play because um, I had just moved to Steinbeck in the spring break of grade nine. And this is when they're first starting out their um, high school football team. So if you're in grade nine, going into grade 10, you know, you would have been able to play and I would have been able to play. Um, but since then, my now best friend, Myron Dirksen, um, he was one of the first people I was introduced to when I moved to Steinbeck. And uh, I, I inquired about it. I said, hey, I heard that you know, Steinbeck is getting a high school football team. I'm actually really interested in joining it. And uh, I guess they had just completed their spring camp. And he saw that I was wearing uh, Greendale attire. And he, he thought, oh, you know what? This guy's a chump. He's not going to make it on our team, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? Uh, tryouts are actually um, over now. You'll have to wait until the next year to play. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I went and played a year of, um, of Raiders football. And then uh, went to go play for Steinbach. So I was there for the second year and the third year. I unfortunately wasn't there for the first year, but Jamie Peters was actually quite upset. He's like, hey, man, like, why didn't you come try out the year before? And I told him my situation. He's like, Myron, ugh, that guy, 
should have came right to me essentially. And I was like, Oh, well, you know what? I didn't know anybody. I just moved here and whatever. Unfortunately in that second year, we didn't, um, we didn't win a game still, but we were very, very close in a lot of, um, in a lot of games in the uh, division two there. We came very close to winning. And it, I remember this very specifically because it was the day before my birthday and the day before the two teams that haven't won a game yet were going to face each other. So it was us against West Kildonan. It was one of the last plays in practice. And one of our one of the best tacklers that we had on the team, his name is uh, Derek Plett. Um, we were doing like some goal line stuff. So I was playing running back and I went and I went to go stiff arm him. And I don't know if I broke my hand on his helmet or when I fell. But I broke my hand day before the game, day before my birthday. And I was just, oh, it was a terrible time. And it was just like, I couldn't play the game because the doctor was like, you're going to really screw up your hand if you continue to play. So unfortunately, you know, we ended up losing that game. Our, our team grew, though. You know, we, we got a lot more experience. Um, a, few, a few of us, me, Myron Dirksen and Foster Martins, uh, the following year, we went to go travel for Team Manitoba. Um, we all ended up making it. You know, I... They had a huge impact on that team. Foster was, was, did really, really well. So did Myron. And, you know, we thought, okay, this is the year where we're going to start winning some games. We're going to be the leaders on the team when we're going to take over, you know, the division that we're in. Unfortunately, we ended up dropping in division one, which I think, you know, um, we should have stayed in division two. I don't think we would have won it all, but we would have made it to playoffs for sure, I believe, that year. Um, but we ended up dropping down to division two, and we ended up, you know, smoking out every single team that we played except for one one game where we played Sisler because that game had to get rescheduled because there was like a big snowfall or something um we ended up losing to them um in the regular season but uh you know I think that kind of made us get a little bit closer and a little bit tight more tight knit we learned from it watched a ton of film went into playoffs absolutely rolled them and then uh, you know we ended up winning the the championship and I couldn't have asked for a better high school career with uh, the Sabres there. And then now seeing where it is in division one, it's like, Holy cow. Like you're seeing a lot of big names come out of there now. Like um, Isaac Dawkin, one of the, one of the big time linebackers that uh, that's there going to, I guess, university of Manitoba um, played team Canada as well. He, he made a huge impact on that school as well. And it's, it's, it's so cool to see. It's so cool. Definitely. I completely agree. I mean, you look at the last two recruiting classes and they have four Steinbach guys yeah. coming through there to the U of M. And that's just, like you said, it's absolutely phenomenal to see. It's good for the game, good for our province, good for growth of the sport and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, really, really encouraging for future players coming through. And, um, you know, I think you mentioned having to play that one year with Eastman. I, I think having a community club like that as well is really valuable, especially there in Steinbach, you know, for yeah. establishing a culture and then hopefully you get to know the coaching staff and, kind of move through the program a little bit um that, that's right. really awesome so i want to touch on uh you mentioned uh team canada there doc and played on team canada and, and so did you um mm -hmm. so i believe that was was that 2014 that you were uh, a team canada member i think so i can't remember i yeah. lost all my years <laughs> nowadays so Stop. um well tell me uh how did it feel when you first earned that recognition and uh maybe just run me through uh, what the experience is like um so basically what had happened was my buddy messaged me on, uh, on Facebook, Logan Thacker is actually another guy that played Mustangs with me. Um, and he's like, Hey man, I'm going out to Moose Jaw for the weekend. We're going to go travel for team Canada. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Like, let's, let's do it. So we went out to Moose Jaw for a weekend and we, we did really, really well. And we were actually really surprised at like the, the talent that came out and everything. Cause a lot of the guys were all, 
some of them were committed to pretty big schools and everything like that. And we're like, okay, well, we fit in pretty good here. So whatever we did, it did really well. Um, you know, they, they told us to expect to hear back around Christmas time. So basically I would go out to my grandma's house uh, around Christmas time, but she lives way out, lived way out in the boonies and there's like no cell phone reception or anything like that. So we ended up getting back and one of the first emails that popped up was, Hey, congratulations. You made team Canada. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like that's, that's awesome. So Logan didn't actually get the email and he was like, Oh, you know what, man? Like, congratulations, like super happy for you and everything like that. But then uh, I looked on the roster and I seen his name was on there and I messaged him again. I was like, Hey man, did you, did you see this? And he's like, Oh, Nope. Well, and he, he uh, emailed them and he's like, Hey, I just haven't received an email. And I guess they spelled his name wrong. So he ended up getting to go. So uh, we, we got to go play in Arlington, Texas. Um, we got to practice in the Cowboys stadium, which was phenomenal. It was the Megatron. There is the size of the whole field. It's, it's unbelievable. It's super cool. But, you know, going to Texas in, in February, you think, you know, oh, Texas, it's supposed to be warm out there, right? It snowed. So I packed for summer and, uh, you know, I had shorts, t-shirts, everything like that. And I think I packed one pair of sweats and they gave us a hoodie, um, to wear and everything closed down in Texas. Cause there was like, it was snowing. Everything was slippery. We're just like, Oh man, like what the heck's going on here? Like everything's closing down. The roads are like closing down and everything. Um, one of the other linebackers there, um, we became really close with him. We actually played for uh, Saskatoon Hilltops and then, um, his dad had drove driven out. So he offered to drive us to a sporting goods place. Um, so we were able to pick out some little bit warmer clothing and stuff. <laughs> so we could practice in this cold winter weather at Arlington, Texas. And, uh, you know, our game that we played there was actually pretty cold as well. So, uh, you know, just getting that opportunity to play against, you know, like some of these kids coming out of, uh, you know, high school in, in America, and, uh, you know, playing against these kids that are going to be going to big Div 1 programs like Oregon, Alabama, Oklahoma. It was crazy experience because these kids were so good at what they did. And they were not even kids. They were like grown men, essentially. I think their shortest offensive lineman was probably like 6'5", and probably the smallest weight-wise was probably close to 300 pounds. It was, it was unbelievable how big these guys were. You mentioned the weather there, and I'm sure that it helped. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sure it helped coming from Manitoba and uh, being a little bit more used to uh, some cold temperatures going down, but <laughs> definitely not in Texas, that's for sure. Not uh, Yeah, it's not something we were expecting, but it was, you know, it was a cool experience. For sure. Um, so you've kind of, you've been on a few different teams post high school, of course. I think, I believe you were at one point committed or at least maybe had some sort of an LOI with the University of Saskatchewan uh, and then the rifles and obviously the Mustangs, uh, you know, the, it gets a little bit confusing. So maybe just uh, run the, the listeners through uh, your your route uh, just to get to St. Patel, I guess, to start. Sure. So started off right out of high school, went to go play for the Winnipeg Rifles, started my first two years there, you know, did really well, got rookie of the year. PFC division as well as defensive rookie of the year um, runner up for our uh, rookie of the year for the whole league as well. After that kind of happened, we that's when school started to notice me a little bit more. So I started getting, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of offers across the country and I was looking at all these options and everything like that. And 
especially after Team Canada as well as when, you know, a little bit more schools started taking notes and sending me messages and emails and everything like that. Wanted to see more film. But one of the coaches at uh, Team Canada was also one of the coaches for University of Saskatchewan. So he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, you want to come down for a visit? You want you to come down for spring camp, everything like that? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I have no problems doing that whatsoever. So it was me, my mom, my grandma. We all packed up, went to Saskatchewan for um, the weekend. And, you know, I did my spring camp there. And, uh, you know, did really well. They were really happy with me. Happy to see me, you know, balling out like I did at Team Canada and everything like that. So then came back and, you know, I told my coach like, hey, like I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm probably going to be signing with University of Saskatchewan, everything like that. And he's like, okay, awesome. Like, good for you. Like, we're super supportive of you. This is uh, Jason Parks when he was head coach of the Rifles. Uh, Good man. One of the best coaches I've ever had. Very was very upset when I heard that he got let go from the rifles. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into that in a bit. Um, but you know, whatever, sign my letter of intent, everything like that. But just before I was about to go out there, um, I had some pretty s- serious family issues come up. Elected that it was probably the best interest to kind of stay back and you know take care of those those issues that were going on. And then basically just told the University of Saskatchewan, like, hey, like just due to these unfortunate circumstances, I'm not going to be able to come out and, and play football for you guys. Cause in my heart, you know, my family always comes first and everything like that. Even if, you know, I get a good opportunity to go home and play football somewhere across the world, like that's great and everything, but you know, my family is more important to me than a sport that won't last forever. Um, so I told that to, to Jason Parks, who at the time was still the head coach of the rifles. And he's like, okay, that's, you know, that's really sad to hear. But, you know, we're, we're welcoming you back with open arms. Like, you're, you're the heart of our defense, essentially, right? So you, you come back and you're welcome back. Like, okay, great. So he's like, am I allowed to tell all the coaches that you're coming back? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, go for it. So then, um, whatever, uh, played a year with them. Uh, we, went, we had a really good year, actually. I think we went five and three. We were winning at halftime against Saskatoon, but then they came back and um, you know how Saskatoon does. They're just a powerhouse in that league. And they ended up rolling us in the second half, unfortunately. And, you know, we made our trek back uh, to, to Manitoba. And this is where I kind of started to have a little bit more sour feelings towards um, not so much the club, just, you know, how everything kind of panned out. We get back to the clubhouse and we're in the process of unloading everything and, you know, putting our helmets and stuff back, but essentially all the coaches came back into the clubhouse and were like, Hey guys, like, unfortunately we've just been let go and we won't be able to actually come to the banquet anymore. So we're just all kind of like looking at each other, like, what the heck? Like, what do you mean you guys got let go? And this has been one of the best years that we've had playing football in a really long time for this club. Like we've always been like three and five, four and four. We, I don't know the last time that we were positive for rifles, but um, so we had a banquet and we didn't have any, any coaches there and it, it was all people from, from the board. So it, it was a little bit weird. Um, but that's kind of where like the turning point was for me. Um, as well as right before we were going to play Saskatoon, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus or anything, but we had a person come out and kind of give us a speech. But it was almost like a, 
like an anti-hype up speech and we were just kind of puzzled after it just like what did he really just say that like i don't understand but essentially what was said to us is that you know saskatoon are men and you know you guys are still boys um you guys will beat them in a few years if you guys all stick it out with the program essentially and we're like well we're, we're kind of men too here like you know like we play football just as much as they do like it's just you know they just keep guys until fifth year or whatever right a lot of guys and rifles like to go after their third year and go play university or something um so we kind of got that kind of a speech there and we're just like okay that's a little bit weird <sighs> so after that year football was done um, i was still living in steinbach but i was working i got a new job i was working at good life um i was there from monday to saturdays you know, really long days and everything like that. But I was working inside of a gym. Um, the thing with me was, is that I was still kind of expected to go and um, attend all the rifle workouts, but they happened on Saturday or on Sunday, which was my one day off usually, which I was like, Hey, you know, like I have no problem doing this once in a while, but like, you know, like I still have my family issues to attend to. So I think it's best, you know, like if I can just like write down my workouts and everything like that, send it to you guys or you guys send me workouts to do it at the, at the gym. But I guess it wasn't even really the point of working out. It was more so the point of building team chemistry and, you know, that, that team environment. And I was like, well, I've been playing with these guys for like three, four years. So, you know, it's, I know all of them. We're all good friends and everything like that. They would understand where I'm coming from. Right. But in the end, it was basically Logan and myself and Myron and all these guys were just like, you know what? Like, let's, let's just go have fun with football again. There's too much like, you know, playing rifles was kind of like a, a job, but you're just kind of not getting paid for it in a sense. Right. Cause you got to commit a lot of time to that. So we're just like, you know what, let's go, let's go play some, let's go play some football. Let's go have some fun with it. And let's, you know, like back in the high school days. So that's where the St. Vitale Mustangs came in. And, you know, we had a, we had a flood of people come in from the rifles that wanted to, you know, do the same thing that we were doing. They're like, you know, we're not really having fun anymore. Like we're not enjoying the sport as much. So a lot of guys came over from rifles to play uh, Mustangs again. And then, uh, that's just kind of where everything began is, you know, we just kind of had an influx of people come from rifles onto, uh, onto the Mustangs. And, you know, we already all had that, that team chemistry in a sense. Right. So we just kept building on that and growing and we just had a lot of fun doing it. And you guys are fun to watch for sure. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned, you know, the team chemistry and understanding each other. And that's big for sure. I mean, you know, anybody knows that that's the key to, you know, winning formula, winning team, you know, is, is being able to have a, a group of like-minded individuals that come together and kind of are able to make it work. Uh, talk to me about the cutest show on turf, uh, where the name <laughs> came from. Uh, I've talked to Lucas Johnson about this many times, but, uh, you know, from your perspective, Chris, uh, where, where's the, uh, the nickname rooted in? You know, I think it's rooted in around Lucas Johnston. That guy is a character in himself. He He's always in his own mind creating all these different things. And, you know, it just it just kind of popped up one day. He's like, you know what? Like, we're the cutest show on turf. We're the cutest guys. And we put on a good show. And, you know, it's unfortunately we don't have turf right now, but, you know, <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, so we just kind of grew from there. And, uh, you know, we had a 
great time doing it. We uh, gave everybody different titles. So, you know, I think I was like vice president or something and Lucas was president and I don't know, everybody had all these different titles for the cutest show on turf. And, you know, it it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, Lucas just came out one day and he's like, if I order shirts, how many of you guys are going to get shirts? And I think everybody on the team got a shirt with the cutest show on turf um, with, uh, I think that was the year after we won the championship and, you know, we got champions on the back 10 and 0 cutest show on turf on the front. And, you know, I actually wore it to good life one day and, <laughs> and I had somebody approach me and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, Lucas Johnston then. And I was like, very well, <laughs> very well. But, uh, you know, it's just, I think it was just another nickname for, you know, like our little our group of, 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 uh, of guys that we had that were essentially family. Right. Um, that's just the main thing is just, we're one group of individuals that just came together and, you know, we, uh, we became a family. So you talked earlier about just the connection you guys had. And I think in the majors, I mean, you know, again, just to kind of reiterate, it's, you know, about having fun with your friends and stuff like that. And you guys hung out at the turf or, the field I guess and you know off the field too and, and it was more than just you know sort of being teammates um what did that brotherhood mean to you and, and kind of um what did St. Patel help foster in that um you know that brotherhood is something that you just never lose it's it's something that you're gonna have forever right like you, like I said earlier you run into these guys on the streets or in public and you know you guys you basically just talk like you never stopped talking before right like it's it's friendships that will last for for a lifetime and it's it's something that you just just cherish forever you know like with the same Vitale mustangs obviously you don't have as many guys on on a team as to save the rifles or bisons or anything like that so you can really build some really strong connections with pretty much everybody on the team there's not much room for anybody to not like anybody because we're all so tight-knit and you know we just all get along really really well and we're all very encouraging of one another like hey like one guy who doesn't really get to play as much he make goes in there makes a huge play and we're just like so supportive of each other and it's awesome and you know like it doesn't even always carry into football but like just in life in general like when one of our guys get married, like the whole cutest show on turf shows up and causes a huge, huge party to happen. Right. Like even on, uh, on game days, we would go before we would go to the field, we would all meet up at a Smitty's for breakfast and, you know, we'd all hang out, talk and you know, just, it wouldn't even always have to be about football. It would just be about life in general. And that's just something that's really hard to find in any other sport because everybody just gets along so well. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up of kind of like, it wasn't even, you know, that you're talking about football sometimes, you know, just that camaraderie and, and being around like-minded people in terms of, you know, you know, being able to vent and, you know, have bounce ideas off of each other and, and other exactly. stuff like that too. Super yeah. awesome. Um, do you have a favorite memory uh, from your time with the Mustangs? I mean, you guys were very successful, of course, <laughs> um, but for you, is there a moment that stands out? Oh man, there's too many. Um, there is, I, I would probably say the first year I played with them when we won the championship, when uh, Aaron Wireless got that pick six and right at the end of the game there, just came down to the wire. And that's one thing that I really, really enjoyed um, about playing major football is that, yeah, some games were like, you know, 
little bit of a blow, but some games were like super, super tight games, like especially with Transcona, even St. James, like, you know, they would, they would come in and, you know, we just be like, okay, like let's play football and they come to play too. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, um, the league itself growing and, you know, becoming more competitive and it's not always just one powerhouse team, you know, it's, it's kind of spread out and it's, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, that guys can still enjoy football um, even after high school is done. I want to ask you about the Mustangs clubhouse because the clubhouse itself, that locker room in the basement, that mm-hmm. thing holds pretty much all the memories of the Mustangs majors team from <laughs> all time. Everyone's got their names on the wall and, you know, it's oh, got yeah. all the years they won and, and that's a big deal. So I'm sure you guys got the chance to put your guys' name on the wall too and you won. So run me through what that meant to you and, and yeah, just kind of being in the locker room and the vibes there. Yeah, so basically that locker room is full of memorabilia. Like, it's just, it's crazy. There's people that assigned that that were, like, did it before I was even born. And it's, like, it's so cool to see that, you know, like, they love that tradition and, you know, they they support it and they don't just, you know, go around and cover everything up or everything like that. But, like, it's just, it's, it's, an, it's an honor to be, you know, a part of the history of like the Mustangs and, you know, the MMJFL and everything like that. And just, you know, being like, Hey, you know, like maybe one day when I have kids and they go play for the Mustangs and Hey, that's dad's signature over there. And they're like, no way kind of thing. Right. But it's, it's super cool. Um, I remember very vividly um, the second last year before they raised the, or sorry, the last year before they raised the age limit, I had actually really hurt my ankle that year. And in the first game against Transcona, I popped it out and I think I tore a few ligaments and it was really bad. I was, I tried to come back the next week with the taped up like a rock, but I think I just made it worse. Um, But, you know, I rehabbed it and I was able to play in the last game and, you know, it kind of sucked because I was like, man, that was my last year of football. I'm not going to be able to play anymore. And I only got to play two games in this whole season. And I just remember going into that locker room and, you know, we had little sliders with our, um, our number and our name uh, for our lockers to identify which locker was ours. So I just remember going in there and taking my name out. And I started taking a video and it was uh, just like, uh, it's been a long day without you, my friend, that, that song there. And I just going around the room and everybody's like, Hey, stop, Chris, you're going to make us cry. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we, it's just, it's just tough, man. But uh you know, they raised the age one more year and got to play one more year. And even though, you know, we didn't win the championship, we still partied at the end. Like, you know, we won the championship, but I feel like it was more so a celebration of just, you know, like our friendships and, you know, all the people that we've met while playing the sport. And, you know, like there's always going to be that bad blood between St. Vitale and, and Nationals, but, you know, we're all friends in the end. Like I have most of them on Facebook and Instagram and everything like that. And they're, we chit chat once in a while and they're all, they're all, they're all good guys for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Aside from that Nick Martin's guy, just kidding. <laughs> no, good guy. We'll have Nick on the pod later on. Uh, awesome. Was it special too for you to be able to kind of conclude your career with, with Myron and some guys that you kind of helped form a bond with throughout that high school process? Yeah. You know what? It, it, it really meant a lot for me to do that. Um, we actually had foster, Martin's actually commit to the Mustangs after he was done with his Bisons. Um, but he just couldn't make it work with his job, unfortunately. 
which which sucked because it would have been really cool if we could have gone out on our last year's the dynamic trio again from Steinbeck. But uh, you know, it it meant a lot to be able to share that experience with like Myron and Logan, you know, all these other guys there that are just part of the Q show on turf. Like it it, it meant a lot, um, you know. And I still carry all of those friendships out to today. Like um, Harold, I go fishing with him once in a while. LJ, you know, he's gone to school in the states, but you know, we still kind of keep in touch and. You know, Corey just got married. We were going to have a wedding social for him and everything like that. But with everything going down, unfortunately, we can't do it. But, you know, he got married and Myron got married. and you know, We're all kind of growing up now and we still get to celebrate all these cool things together. But I think, you know, going out on a bang with my best friend, Myron, that was that was something I'll, I'll never forget. And I will say, too, that Myron has probably the nicest Actually, let me say, most legendary mustache I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, with his uh, his job, he's not allowed to have a full beard because <laughs> uh, I guess the mask, the respirator, it doesn't seal around his face properly, so he can only have a mustache. <laughs> it is uh, it is something special. I will uh, just leave it at that. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe Love. down the line we'll have to have uh, some sort of a contest here. Mom, <laughs> best mustache in the MMGFL. Oh <laughs> man. Oh man, he'd be uh, first ballot on uh, in terms of my vote. <laughs> oh, big <speaking>. time! <laughs> I'm gonna let uh, Dragon get in here and ask uh, some rapid for. Well, they're probably not really rapid for our questions, but a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of kind of get to know you uh, questions towards the end here. Uh, Chris, thanks again for uh, sharing with us your journey and really reminding everybody of of the impact of the MMGFL and, and the fact that you know um, it's a different league for a lot of different people. People go there for different reasons, but the end of the day when you finish you end up with a family and and that's really what it's all about so absolutely thanks for having me yeah thank you and thank you for all your contributions too as well to the league and and for Mm -hmm. helping it thrive also oh yeah i love it i love it all i even went back and coached a little bit when i could when you know before coronavirus but uh you know i plan on going back and helping out when i can all right chris you ready for these i'm ready let's hear them all right if you could think of one image that gets you ready to compete, what would it be? Anything with Ray Lewis. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Who was your favorite coach and why? Oh, man. I'm going to hurt some feelings with this one. Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's tough. Jamie Peters, I'd have to say, and uh, Mark Graceffo, who is my high school coach. Okay. okay. Those are some good options for sure. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot pick, of good people. There's a lot of good people. <laughs> Absolutely. If you didn't pick Jamie, I'm sure he'd probably be. <laughs> oh, I'd be hearing all <laughs> probably, about it. I'm probably still going to hear all about it. <laughs> uh, what challenges did you come across in getting where you are today? Uh, oh, man. I There's been a lot. Um, moving a lot of my life has been a big one. Uh, you know, just moving to different communities and, you know, just having to restart. Um, essentially restarting my life, building up new friendships and everything like that. When I was younger, I was, I was a pretty shy guy. I didn't really go out of my way to talk to a lot of people. Um, so just, you know, moving around and, you know, just a lot of the family issues as well that, that, that have come up in my life um, has definitely played a big impact, but has also uh, motivated me as well to, to pursue a lot of things in life. Okay, so that's the next question. What are your strengths as both an athlete and a person? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, just being really motivated into, you know, finishing things that I start, I find that, you know, like I have a lot of drive when I'm really motivated and feel like nothing can really stop me when I want to get to where I want to go. 
What is important to you? Family. Family will always be the most important thing in my life. Um, regardless if it's blood or not, I consider a lot of people who aren't, you know, blood family to be my family, which uh, is probably one of the most important things in my life. Uh, what drives you to get up in the morning and go train every day uh, when you were a player, of course? Oh, when I was a player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just being better than what I was. I mean, I always found that you're your own worst competition and best competition as well. If you're not working to be better every day than the guy ahead of you or somebody who's, you know, trying to take your spot is going to be that much closer to being better than you. And I never wanted to get beat by myself. If you could choose to change one current rule on the field, what would it be and why? Uh, low hits on the quarterback. I think quarterback should be live. <laughs> even if they're out of the pocket. Man. <laughs> hey, man, you're live game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for you, Chris. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That was a great answer to that last question. Something in my head told me you were going to say something like that. <laughs> That's spectacular. But shout out for those questions, Dragon. Those are awesome, man. Thanks for putting those together. And um, that's going to be a feature on the, on the pod for the rest of our episodes. So um, yeah, right. shout out. Well, Chris, thanks again for being a guest and uh, for sharing your story with us, man. And uh, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty around COVID, but uh, hope for uh, hope everything goes well for you, man. And I'm happy that uh, you've been able to keep working this whole time and continuing to, to be happy and healthy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, I love this. This is fun. I love talking football. I miss it a lot. Um, you know, this bring back a lot of, a lot of good memories with it. So I really do, you know, appreciate being on here.